0: The world is old and the powers are weary. The god at the door of night has fallen and the great enemy of the world has come back from the timeless void. The shadow has awakened the great evils to regain dominion over Ardar. Darkness shall cover the land if not with the deeds of a small fellowship of elf friends. Join the players of this Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they fulfill the events of the Dagor or Prophecy and strive with Morgoth on the plains of Valinor. Welcome to the Undying Lands in Part 3 of the Inglorian Bastards
1: Trilogy, Trials of the Valor. All right, welcome everybody to the very last Inglorian Bastards podcast episode. I, I'm kind of transitioning from that uh, moniker to the long-winded one because I am transitioning now to a different set of stories. Um, but tonight... Um is, is a very special night, like any of the nights where I'm really excited to to introduce somebody to you. You know how you guys know how much I love the interviews. I'm very pleased to to say tonight that um we are sharing our last episode with Sean Marchese and Alan Sisto of the Prancing Pony podcast. Welcome you guys. Thank you so much. Good to Thank be here. Thank you
2: very much for having us. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I honestly, I think you guys need no introductions. Um, well, I would like to start with this. You, sure. the Prancing Pony podcast, won the 2020 Tolkien Society Award for Best Online Content. Is that correct? Right. That is correct,
2: yes. <laughs> that is correct.
1: Congratulations, you guys. Thank and, you. It is so much, so deserved. It. And and I tell you why. Number one, you guys have one of the most polished shows um, out there. I mean, the the just the overall... Just the quality of it, and I mm. think probably that comes from um, Alan. What you're a you're a voiceover artist. I've in- done some voiceover work before. Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd only been doing it for a few months prior to us uh, starting the podcast, and I think that shows in our first season's audio quality. But, <laughs> but we did pick up some techniques along the way. So yeah, I, I would add
2: that it's just something that we've we've always felt strongly about since the very beginning. And, oh yeah, and, I, and when I say we, I, I mean primarily Alan. And he convinced me pretty quickly, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was something that we knew that we wanted to just, we wanted it to be something that was easy to listen to. Yeah, and so exactly. We've
1: well, and, to, Sean, and Sean and Sean, you're that you're a rock and roll connoisseur in a, in a, in your spare time, a film producer, right?
2: I've done a, I've done a little bit of indie film production. Yeah, that's correct. You, you can actually uh, you can actually see uh, one film that I co produced is actually on, on cable. Um, at times it's called last girl standing. Um, and that's a a project that I was involved with a few years back, but, uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of, uh, of indie film production, uh, just, you know, kind of doing stuff on set, you know, the kind of things that you do when you're just making a, making a movie with a crew of like 12 people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not Uh, my day job though. It's just one of, one of many things I've done to fill the, uh, the (laughs) off hours.
1: Which are now consumed by podcast creation. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. And well, and you know, we're, we're creators, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think probably you guys have that bug just like I do, right? Like oh, that, yeah. that need yeah. to, to, to tell a story or to create yeah. something, Yeah. you know, um, something that, you know, you can have the most rewarding job in the world. I work with kids. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's that part of me that wants to sub create. <laughs> yeah. So you guys got started in, um, you got started podcasting in around 2016. Um, that's but, right. Right. but you were, you were involved in Tolkien for oh, long yeah. before that. Is that right?
0: I've been involved with Tolkien's work since I was 10, which uh, I don't know, is about 130 years if I do my math. Right. And that's when I first <laughs> discovered the, the Hobbit. I actually discovered it through the uh, the book of the Rankin and Bass animated film. I didn't see the film first. I read the book first, but it was with the illustrations from that. Yeah. And then I saw the film. And then, you know, after that, I read The Lord of the Rings and so on and so forth. But yeah, been been involved with with Tolkien's work since I can really barely remember.
2: As, well, as for myself, let's see. I first read Tolkien's work in 1991. I was. uh, You had to go and put a year
0: on it, Sean. I mean, really, (laughs) really. Because if I had to put a year on it, you know what year that is? It's going to be 1978, and that
2: really makes me feel. You did. You did say Rankin Bass Hobbit, so I think people can find it.
1: That's true. Oh yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Maybe we we keep away from the years here. Although I did bring up 2016, so it's uh, you can blame me for that. Fair enough. (laughs)
2: But no, I was I was 15 years old, I think, and uh, Mm -hmm. I just. I'd read a reference to the the famous story about how Tolkien wrote in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit on the back of an exam paper that he was grading. And
1: mm-hmm. as a
2: teenager, this was just like the coolest thing that I'd ever read. I was like, yeah, you know, you're. it was like, it's like an act of rebellion. You know, you're supposed to be working and you're going to slack off at work and you're going to start writing a story. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And uh, <laughs> I and so I, I, I bought a box set of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and. Dove right in and I never really left. I just went straight on into the Silmarillion and Unfinished Tales. I didn't understand any of it, but I I went straight on and read those and then Book of Lost Tales. And I just I've been kind of playing around in Tolkien's world ever since. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, the first time I I picked up the Silmarillion, I wasn't quite sure what I was reading, (laughs) but but I but I knew that I loved it. Well, I just, I happened to be training for a marathon, and and I just, you know, I did, I consumed it on audiobook, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Feel I did
0: the booming voice, the yes, booming voice,
1: did. and the incorrect pronunciation of Iluvatar, <laughs> Ilu, Iluvata, the one. So you guys, so let's fast forward. Um, you're in a Facebook group, right? I mean, yes, yeah. Is that, is, is that right. where you met? Yeah.
0: That's correct. Yeah, we yeah. were we were in a, a Facebook group that prided itself on at least having a small subset of people who were devoted to the books rather than to the films and memes and articles about actors and things. And I I don't say that with any denigration, of course, but you know, there was a corner of us that were interested in the books and they had these book week posts and they'd been going on for probably about a year, uh, most of 2015. And Sean and I had gone back and forth you know, writing these little articles, basically. They went from short Facebook posts to longer articles to longer articles. We were sort of one up in each other. Essays
2: with footnotes and references. Yes. Like how many, how many secondary sources can we reference in this 2,000-word uh-huh. yeah. Facebook post?
0: It got a little out of head. It was pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. And of course, people enjoyed reading our stuff and they would engage with us on our threads and we would engage with each other on the threads. And it was clear we we were very like-minded. You know, we yeah. we, we saw the text in similar ways. And so
2: one and I day, think we wrote yeah. them a lot like we talk on the show. I mean, it was oh, very much so. It, it was very much like I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to read this passage. I'm going to talk about something I like about it. I'm going to make a couple of really bad jokes, and then, yeah. oh yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, or or a wrong reference to, or
2: something, yeah. yeah, or a movie and quote. then I'm going to move on. And I, and it's just because that's how we talk. This is
1: actually, um, we can come back to this, but, but I have to ask. So about yeah. the movie references, you guys have one of the, one of my favorite things to do is to create sort of punny, fun, witty. Uh, titles for the podcast episode oh, yes. and, and you guys have some of the best titles um uh, tis a silly place obviously monty python yeah, re- reference to monty python references uh, uh, a whole new world <laughs> h-o-l-e <laughs> uh go west young edine yeah, right uh, yeah, uh so, yeah. so so what are your sources of inspiration i i mean i've caught i've caught monty monty python star trek uh disney yeah, right. uh-huh. rock and roll in
2: general. I think rock for roll, the, tons. for Lord of the Rings, we've mostly tended towards rock and roll references, and we'll try yeah. to do we'll try to keep it thematic. So we'll do if we do four episodes on one chapter, we'll make them all led. Oh yeah, songs yeah. All anymore. the episodes on
0: a chapter will tie in together, even if they don't yeah. tie in. Like for example, we were on a Monty Python tear through most of second season, and we got to yeah. Bayard. and that's when we went on on a on a Disney tear on a uh, yeah. specifically on. Um, bare necessities book. from jungle, jungle book. book. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, had like yes. Yeah. And a few others. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep all of those tied together but sometimes it's a movie thing. I think we did Princess Bride for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've gotten references from obviously Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but other Monty Python sources as well. Yeah. And then, as Sean said, lots and lots and lots of rock and roll inspired titles. I can't. Yeah. Uh, probably Rush is our biggest. Inspiration. I think. I think oh, Rush
2: yeah. is Rush is our biggest inspiration. We had a big tear of Led Zeppelin references earlier in yes, the season. Council Elrond, I think, or maybe it was the
0: next chapter. I don't remember. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, it just you know whatever sticks. Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. I didn't catch <laughs> yes. the sticks
1: reference, but yeah, we had, yeah, we had yeah. a handful
2: of sticks titles a, a few episodes ago. That was yeah, it wasn't too fun. too
0: far back. Uh, yeah. We had the series of uh, Sting and Police references in uh, the middle of The Hobbit as well. When, Yeah, and, after, and that was literally just Sting.
2: because Bilbo named the sword Sting in that right. chapter. So we're like, and we hooray. had all the Gordon Sumner jokes. Let's right. do some oh Sting my gosh. You know,
1: that's perfect. And yeah.
2: that's kind of how it happens.
1: So mm-hmm. what, what, what about that other thing that you do at the very beginning of your episode where um, the Bob to my knob, the oh, William yeah. to my Bert? What, what is all that about?
0: <laughs> well, you'll notice if you listen to more recent episodes, we've gone away from that
2: because I think we ran out of things. We ran out of good of. ideas. I think it started with, so I was the Lord of the Mark and, and Alan was the Man of the West. Those, those titles just sort of fit. You know, As yeah. soon as we started the podcast, we realized that those titles fit us very well for reasons that we discussed in episode one. But Correct. I think I, I think it kind of started with, well, if I'm the Lord of the Mark and he's the man of the West, well I guess he's the Aragorn to my Aamir. Right. And so it That's started it there. And then we got bored with that quickly. <laughs> so yeah, I did that for about a half dozen episodes,
0: then it became the, the bob to my knob or yeah, the Tolkas to
2: yeah. my orme, and then it yeah. just started started getting really weird That's like silly. the, the hammer and tongs to my smash crack you know it, it's just like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. all right we got to come up with a new shtick and so um, yeah
0: it, we eventually came up with uh, with something entirely different which was just to take you know book quotes uh yeah. references from that particular reading and you know we would we would then reference that
2: and the truth is it's you know we have we have fun with the text we take oh, yeah. Tolkien very seriously we love these books and we love mm-hmm diving deeply into them and we always take the story seriously yeah but we like to have fun while we're talking about it and so that's where this all comes from it's like if there's something as we're reading the text that that we think oh that'll be a funny thing to reference in the beginning let's do it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah Yeah, i I remember you guys talking about how you kind of over the course of the first few episodes you guys really found your groove right and really and sort of incorporating like more humor um and
2: i think we weren't sure how funny we could be like not how funny we could like I, I think we both you know think of each other as funny guys but i think it was like how much can we get away with in terms of like making yeah. you know being silly on the show that's and-
0: the thing i think we were both a little nervous about how funny we could be and it was probably somewhere between episode 8 and 12 that we finally started yeah. kind of breaking loose a little bit and it took us i think that long just to get used to each other's uh, on air if you want to say it you know on air personas uh, and sort of find our our role like what what how are we going to interact with each other? Not just how would we interact with the text? Yeah. 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 And
1: so what, What? how have you sort of delineated the roles on the podcast? Oh
0: it's taken <laughs> some time, but uh, clearly, even though I'm sort of the, I, I, I mean, I say I was the initiator, I meaning I just reached out to Sean and said, Hey, you want to do this? I mean, other than that, it's been, you know, all both of us all the time. But when I started it, I kind of saw myself as, you know, it's my show and Sean's my co-host, but that took like an episode and a half before I realized that wasn't going to work. You know, we're definitely partners. Uh, and now I realize I'm the comic relief. <laughs> Sean <is dark. laughs> Sean's the word nerd and I'm the dorky comic relief who comes in and says the inappropriate comments here and there. Well,
1: those uh, are the those it, are the people you need on the podcast, Alan. That's, I'm telling you. <laughs> that's,
2: you know, that's what makes it fun. I think, yeah, I'm mean, I'm always going to, I have a tendency to just do these long drawn out explanations of something and Alan will just cut <laughs> through it because otherwise people are just going to fall asleep. I know it's interesting, but still, it is there's only so much. It's fascinating. It yeah. is, but, but still, you know, Alan will just cut through it with the perfect joke and, <laughs> and we crack each other up and we figure oh, we if do. we're cracking each other up, then we, then somebody else is going to like it out there.
0: It's true because we don't actually, so many of our funny references are totally, totally off notes. I mean, yeah, you know, we we have notes. Anybody who does a podcast has some notes when yep. they're going in. Sure. And ours is primarily, hey, this is the opening reference we'll make. Here's what our intro segment's gonna be about. And then here are our outline points with maybe some discussion things, quotes from secondary sources, so we have them handy. But all these really funny things, ninety-eight percent of them. <laughs> <laughs> totally off the cuff. Yeah. Totally random. Right. Especially music references and the movie references. Yeah. And
2: sometimes I think Alan just spends my readings waiting to make a joke. Like, th- sometimes like thinking I about do. the perfect joke to make. Yes. Like I I'm, do. I'm I'm thinking back to was it the, the Kyrian and Aoral? Uh, oh gosh, reading. yes.
0: On the token reading day a couple seasons yeah. ago.
2: And it's like this really, this really <laughs> no, intense, I mean, half an hour really reading really long, of Kyrian and yeah. Intense reading. And then Alan cuts through at the end with. The, the Kansas reference of and it just came out of nowhere and it just it it really just killed me. Yeah.
1: so so I'm looking at at like you know from 2016 on I mean there's there's a, there's over a hundred episodes at this point mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, So if, if someone were I'm, I'm gonna pretend that they have never listened to the prancing Pony podcast and if somebody was coming to your podcast for the first time, would you say start at the beginning? Well, you listen to the show, so you
0: know our next well, line is start at the very beginning because it's a very good place very to, good start. to start. But, <laughs> and I think Sean's going to say this as well, not necessarily. You could start at the beginning of season two if you wanted to start with The Hobbit instead. I think that would be perfectly fine. Or yeah. even start with season three, episode one, if you wanted to dive into Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the important thing to know is season one, we we did the Silmarillion. and. Yeah and we did that for a reason. We we wanted to make sure that we called out specific themes from the Silmarillion and it was a text we'd been talking about a lot. We knew it was the place we wanted to start and we knew we wanted to use the knowledge of the Silmarillion to inform the yes. Hobbit and Lord of the Rings rather than the other way around
0: to, to illuminate it. Exactly. And
2: that's why and that's why we did it that way. But yep. if you're, you know, if you haven't read the Silmarillion before, well, first of all, if you haven't read the Silmarillion before, <laughs> our season 1 is actually a yeah. pretty good way to to get, you know, kind of through all the jargon and all the names we've and gotten that stuff that tends to scare people away. we've gotten
0: emails from a lot of people who've said you guys are the the, the secret sauce we finally made it through the silmarillion because of you. yeah we get yeah. that a lot and yeah it's a it's a high honor we're super grateful that we've been able Absolutely. to help people but, yeah but yeah if you're not interested in the silmarillion maybe start with yeah. episode one and two because we touch on on fairy stories and mythopoeia both of which are very important but then you can jump then to then the, jump Hobbit of the lord yeah. of the rings. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I definitely think those first two episodes even though they were yeah. our first two episodes and, and they are and shows. correspondingly
0: a little rough, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but still, the content is there and yes. and we really wanted to focus on some of the thematic stuff from Tolkien's essay on fairy stories and his mm-hmm. poem Mythopoeia, which is exactly what we did in those two episodes. Yeah. You know,
1: I've he- I've heard you guys say that before that the that the first couple episodes are rough, but I got to be honest, they're not that rough. They're really good and oh, thank you. um and, yeah. and, and what you just touched on is, is, um, in particular, why I asked you guys to come on the podcast tonight, because after, after we get to know you a little bit more, one of the things we're going to do tonight is to, to sort of dissect, um, some of the early manuscripts of the second prophecy of Mandos. Um, Great. um Excellent. so we, so we can talk a little bit about that because it's, it's one of the things that I most love about your show is, is when you really get into the text, first of all, you read the text really well, but then the discussion afterwards is is spot on. But I but I, I have a few more questions for you. So sure. I have to ask because I've been doing this now for a couple of years, and I know when uh-huh. I first started, um, and I realized you know, I really want to have some of these Tolkien scholars on the on the podcast. Were, were there any moments when you had the Verlin <laughs> Fleegers or the the Tom Shippies that you thought, oh my gosh, this is Tom Shippy <laughs> every single time, every yeah. single time, yeah, every uh, single time. Yeah, I
0: think when we first. Okay, here's the thing with with the guests. When we first started, we never even thought about it. We never even thought someday we'll interview people. What right. happened was after episode 10, which was our, our first sort of special, it was on death being the gift to men, uh, we had Andy Higgins reach out to us, who co-authored A Secret Vice with Dr. Dimitri Fimi. And he reached out to us and talked about, you know, this book of theirs that was coming out or that had just come out. And could they appear on our show? <laughs> Wow. going <laughs> could have knocked yeah. us over with a feather. We're like, yeah. could you?
2: Yes, could you, you could. Absolutely. Please. Yes.
0: And Don't then, of course, yeah. you know, it it went really well. And we loved talking to them both. And, you know, it was just an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And after that, we realized, wow, we can do this. Yeah. And we got some ideas of some few people to reach out to. But Simon Tolkien, I think,
2: was the second one. That, that was one the
0: next on, one. Right? And I have to tell yeah. you, that was the one I was most afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's he so is this a is, Tolkien, so it was yeah, really, I mean, this really is, terrifying.
2: This is J.R.R. Tolkien's grandson, Christopher Tolkien's son, yeah, right. So, right. yeah, that was uh, that, was, that intimidating. was pretty cool, and it was quite intimidating. But uh, he was a no, very nice man, but he, you had know. Just, he had just written a book that was yeah. actually quite relevant to fans yeah, it was of World Tolkien, War One. It was World no. War One, and exactly. Um, we read it, it was a good book, we talked mm-hmm. to him about it, and we talked a little bit about his grandfather, and it, it came yeah. out great, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and and from there, it, it's sort of exploded right i mean that's when we were yeah. like well maybe Corey Olson would be kind enough to join us and and maybe michael Droud and john garth and sure enough all of them were and that's when we decided we could maybe you know reach out to even a verlin flieger or a tom shippy which you know that I, I that was a little scary <laughs> but uh I think that
2: was... by, by the time we got verlin flieger on the show which was the end of season two we had yeah. already heard that she was just the nicest person on earth i think michael Droud yeah. had said something about that in the yeah. episode
0: and she uh, proved that to be true. He was on,
2: and she proved that to be true. So we, we knew that she was going to be very nice, but still. I it's mean, still this Dr. Flieger. Yeah. This is yeah. one of my all-time favorite Tolkien scholars. Splintered Absolutely. Light is, my, my copy is, it's all dog-eared and it's oh, all, yeah. have you know, Notes through in it the so margin. And, yeah, it's an amazing yeah. book and I've used it so much.
1: I have two copies of that book. Um, it. It. <laughs> yeah. I it. That's smart. I'm not sure how I ended up with two copies of that book, but they they are very sweet. And and Verlin's actually, um, she I, I think I've told this story before, but she's she's the professor kind of like yeah. that oh, professor yeah. vibe. And I I remember when I first it was the first time that I felt really self conscious about my Inglorian Bastards title of my podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. We were. We were on uh, on our last episode with her that just aired. Our episode 178, the very end of season four, just released. And during that episode, she quoted the very famous Dyson quote, oh, no, not another bleeping elf. <laughs> but she didn't bleep it. We had to because we didn't uh, want the explicit tag on Apple. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Oh, no, she's great. Um, she, is, great. she is great. We just great. got to and, see her at
0: MythMoot, uh, digital MythMoot, of course. But it was fantastic. Yeah. Her talk was great. And then she re- just released that book, uh, Arthurian Voices, Arthurian Voices. Mm-hmm. which, wow, there was a reading from that that was just mind-blowing. Her writing is top-notch.
2: She has this amazing way of dropping bombshells on you that, that you read them and, and you realize that is so obvious. I can't believe I never thought of. it. And it, it changes so your entire perspective. And and she does it in a sentence. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She has Absolutely. this incredible economy of words where she can just say so
1: much in so
0: little, Yeah, like nobody else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, do- Dr. Flieger is going to come up again here when we start um, talking about the second prophecy of Mondos. Um, okay. Okay. But would you guys like to go with me on a little uh, journey here? We're going to do this is a tribute to the prancing pony. We're going to do oh, okay. um, a, okay. a, a, a lightning round. Um, oh, oh, like we do with our North Wing guests. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I have a few questions here for you um, that um, are, are relevant, but, you okay. know, maybe a little off the wall. All right. Favorite age to discuss? The first, the first. I, yeah. yeah, I, I think I, I that was that was the easy question. I kind of knew that one going into this. <laughs> All right, here we go. Starting to get a little harder. Which Elven tribe do you most identify with? Ooh, Teleri, Noldor. Yeah. Is it Teleri because you're a, you're a singer? <laughs> Teleri because I live on the coast. Okay, uh, and because um, the Noldor are a bunch of kinslaying jerks. Uh, hey. Oh! Ouch!
0: And because the Vanyar are just like OMG, Manway and they don't do anything. They so, don't do anything at all.
2: <laughs> they just sit around all day watching soap operas.
1: Well, we don't want to have any kinslaying here. We don't know kinslaying here, so agree to disagree on that one. I,
2: I have to go Noldor because even though they make mistakes. Oh, they—they're just so interesting when they make them.
0: They are, of course, they are. They're the whole history of Middle Earth. I mean, <laughs> they really, are. I, and I when I say the Naldor, because I knew you were going to say Noldor.
2: And and when I say like, I'm not like Feanor. I'm like maybe you no. know like Finrod. You know, of I want course, to be a Finrod. Of course, Finrod's awesome. He's my favorite elf of all time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All
1: right. Next question. Uh, all right. So this, this is an interesting one. Um, so you can kind of take it two different ways here. Choice of which character or timeline in the second age that you hope the Amazon series follows.
2: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Am I first on this one? Yes, oh, you
0: are. Have fun.
2: Um man <laughs> Arfharazon. I <laughs> I really want to see the fall of Numenor and I want to see I want to see yeah, I just I just want to see what they do with Arfharazon. I The great I, armament? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I
0: really would like to see that, but I, I hope they start early enough that we see when they were good. So I'm going to say Tar Palantir.
2: Ah, oh, there you go. You I, know, I, I,
0: I, I, I could have sworn one of you would have said Aldarion. That's yeah. a
2: good story. I, yeah, I,
0: I love the story of Aldarion and Arendus. I think it's great. Yeah. And you could do a whole season on that story. It's just hard to fit it into the context because it doesn't connect to the
1: larger arches. I, I thought maybe that that's what Amazon would like. The fact that they had a little more freedom in there, sure. A little more, for, yeah. Yeah. more freedom. See, what there. I think
2: they're going to like about our Farazon is they can make it really dramatic. They can oh, really super make a soap of it. Super, super dark. you are going to get, yeah. like, devil worship out of this stuff. Now, now, I'm not talking about, like, how much I want to see that stuff. I want to see, like, Arpharazon, like, the you know, the character study. I think it's Oh, yeah,
0: I do, too. I do, again. too. I'm just saying that if you're Amazon and you're thinking about how oh, much yeah, money no, you're, you're right. spending on yeah. making lord of rings slash game of thrones yeah then what exactly. better way than to have Sauron, home, you know human, human sacrifice, sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. yeah 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 and then the lightning slaying people in the streets and yeah and then i actually am looking forward to the moment where airfare is on, steps on the, the the steps on the undying lands and basically says oh shit
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you know, well, i'm sorry you're gonna have to edit that but
1: like no 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 the mountains are coming down you know well, i screwed
0: up
2: man i I, I was thinking of like the the Hagrid thing from Harry Potter, like, oh you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is great. That is great. Yeah, uh, that's
1: gonna be the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Man. Well those uh I, I referred to them uh in the lay that we're gonna play later tonight as uh the yes. golden the golden army. Uh, uh, so, uh-huh. yes. so they will they our will make an appearance in the lay tonight.
0: Yes, he will.
1: Um, all right, next question. Um last or most memorable Dungeons and Dragons character?
0: Oh, goodness. Well, my most memorable Dungeons and Dragons character is literally a character whose name escapes me <laughs> because it's been so long since I played him. But I've never played anything other. I was always a paladin. I'm always the... <laughs> that's who I am. I have a real hard time playing against type. And <laughs> I've always been this lawful good... Sword and board, you know, healing hands, detect evil, paladin. That's just who I play, and that's why it's memorable because I've never really played anything else. If I played again, I wouldn't play him. I would, I would play somebody a little more fun, yeah, uh, a little more,
2: you know, freedom. In the in the nineteen eighties, Gary Gygax wrote a, a series of novels about a, a thief character named Gord the Rogue. I don't know if anybody out there has read those or remembers them at all, but. I read those books when I was a kid, and I loved them so much that uh, my, my next character that I, that I rolled after I read those books basically just ripped that character off so it was like, it was, like a, it was a true neutral thief he only dressed in gray and black i i figured out a way to make him shape shift into like a panther or whatever it was like it was all kinds of i basically yeah. just totally ripped that character off was that friend, uh was that in the Greyhawk?
0: Him. was that Greyhawk campaign it, Greyhawk it did
2: Adventure? it started with the Greyhawk adventures yes okay very perceptive that's probably Greyhawk.
0: why i didn't i ended up not being very familiar with it because i almost everything i did was forgotten realms so yeah. I didn't
2: right So, and, and he wrote two books in the, like the Greyhawk Adventures novel series that were in that setting. And then he, he branched it off and he, he came up with his own series on it that wasn't published by TSR. I don't know what happened there. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, no, I I love those books. I ate those books up. That's so awesome. I just I just totally ripped off that character. That yeah, was my well. most memorable one, only because it was just completely bit off of Gary Gaigax's. Yeah, it's character. easy to
0: remember something you stole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, the the next part. So I'm I'm transitioning um, after this episode. I'm I'm going to take a month or two off, and then um, I'm transitioning to uh, a story, which will be more of like a performance art thing based off oh, of. Uh, a forgotten realms campaign that we did. Oh, cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Next question here. Um, yeah. So you, you guys will like this one, which Holy grail knight do you most identify with and, <laughs> or which is your favorite?
2: <laughs> Am I first on this one? Um, does it have to be the
0: Monty Python knights of the Holy grail or like actual
1: <laughs> you're finding a loophole I,
0: knights I like around table? Cause there's a difference.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I was, I was, you know, Is Looking back at your your podcast titles, that's that's what has inspired this question. So we got to go Monty Python. I we got to go Monty Python, absolutely. Um, Bedivere, I'm
2: I'm a huge Terry Jones fan, <laughs> yeah. and and so yeah, Sir Bedivere is, is hilarious. It's just
0: oh goodness,
1: is, is, it, is that uh, so? If she weighs the same as a duck, he was like the smart one of the group. Yes,
0: okay. You know, the how do yeah. you know so
2: much
1: about
0: swallows?
2: You know, that <laughs> So,
0: yeah, Sir Bedivere, right. Yeah. Um, Sir so Lancelot the Brave. Oh, I knew oh, it. So I knew the it. Brave. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Storming the castle.
0: Oh, yes. And and of course, you know, I just. The, the bridge. Is, is he you gets the bridge that? question right. What is your favorite color? Blue. Yeah. Go on. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: thank you very much.
2: That's easy. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Next time I see you running at me with a sword, Alan, I'll I'll run away.
1: You'll have plenty of time yeah. to run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Last question. Last lightning round question. All right, and um, uh, and I think I think maybe you could probably talk for a little bit about this if you want. Um, right. is there? Um, let's pretend. Um, you, you go to the the Bold um, and you open up this this chest that they had and they say, we just found this, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a whole bunch of other writings. Here's the question. Oh, oh. Is, there, is there any particular lightly mentioned item or character from Tolkien that you would love to see a oh, manuscript? About? Oh,
0: okay. Look, I, I know I'm first on this one and I'm, I'm almost wishing I wasn't. I know a lot of people would love to know more about Tom. I actually fully embrace the idea that you know, like Tolkien said, Tom is a mystery. Tom is an enigma. Great, let's leave him that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, goodness. There's so much to the world of Middle Earth that we're just barely touched on. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what happened to uh, to the no man's land out in front of uh, of Mordor? You know what what happened? What kind of weaponry did he use that just scorched the earth it for destroyed thousands of years? Earth, yeah. What yeah. What's going on in Rune or in Harad or in yeah. What happened to the blue wizards? What happened to the ant wives? Those are all super important questions. Um, yeah. God.
1: <laughs> pass. <laughs> <You can> pass.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, if, if we answer any one of those, then we want to answer the rest. I sort of, yeah, I'm okay with it being where it is. Uh, um.
1: Oh, that is a tough one. Yeah, I know. I think that's a good answer actually. I'm okay, okay with it being where it is. I mean, that's yeah. it. It is. I. It's I'd be fine movie. if it was just more
0: letters or more, you know, more personal stuff, and 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 nothing else about the, the mythology. It is kind of perfect the way that it is. It, it is. It's perfectly imperfect in the sense. That I, perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I,
2: I guess the only thing that I would say that's that's a little different from that, and. I know everybody's expecting me to say, "Oh, where's like a Lay of Ereandil poem or something like that." Oh but, well, yeah, anything about Ereandil, right? Which would be cool, but I think more than that, which ties in with uh, with Airendil is I would love to see. I would love to find more of uh, to, the, the the longer novel version of Tuor coming to Gondolin. Yes, um, yes, I know, would. Which, which is in Unfinished Tales as of Tuor and is coming to Gondolin. And it just, version. it, it mm. ends right when he gets to the city. And I would love to see I want that the fall when he, of Gondolin yes. played out. I'd love to see him meet Idril for the first time. Yes. I'd love uh, that's to see exactly right.
0: I was thinking the, the same thing. Yeah.
2: Full on Trojan war, like escaping the city with Idril and Arendil. I would love to see that mm. arendil biting people. I want to see that.
1: But, <laughs> well, uh, well Idril is going to come back into this tonight too. Um, we'll, we'll mention her as well. All right. All right. So good answers, guys. Um, okay. None of those. None of those were meant to be gotcha questions. Uh, well, good questions. So that's why we <laughs> got questions. good answers. All right. So let's let's um we're gonna go on to part three of this. Um and this is kind of the meat of this. And 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 again, this is you, you do this so well. You 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 read the text from Tolkien and you discuss it so well that really this is what inspired me to to invite you guys on the last episode okay. of this of this podcast. So we're gonna talk about the second prophecy of Mondos, the dagger, dagger, yes. and the last oh. battle. So I was wondering before we get into the text, what um what what is your you know, experience or your sort of opinion of the second prophecy of Matt have have you gotten a chance to talk with anyone about this on, on the Prancing Pony? We actually haven't.
0: No, we we really haven't. And it's one of those things. I think we touched on it very briefly in season one. I don't really remember us getting into it too much. No, I think we only like mentioned that it existed. Maybe it was at the Turin bit when we talked about that. I don't Mm. remember, but there was really, there hasn't been a moment to bring it up. And, Really, I don't know that there will be until we finish The Lord of the Rings and we do a season on like other stories in the Legendarium when we'll bring in things from Unfinished Tales. We'll bring in some bits from you know, more complete stories from the history of Middle-earth. You know, We want to spend some time on uh, on the debate of, uh, of Andrath and Finrod. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, There's other stories in there that we want to actually explore. And I think that might be a time when we'll talk about the Dagor Dagoroth because it is mm-hmm. a very popular thing. I think a lot of people... Know about it, even if they've never read it, because it's not long. You know, they right. can get yeah. bits and pieces of it from from online, various places, and p- put the pieces together. Uh, but
2: yeah, we haven't really touched on it on the show, so we're excited to look into this. And I think that's partly because it it is, you know, by Christopher Tolkien's own admission, he's he sort of questions what his father really wanted to do with it before that's the right. end. Mm-hmm. It the the texts that we have of it primarily come from the the first half of the history of Middle Earth, which is the stuff that was written earlier in Tolkien's life, it was when he was mm-hmm. just you know writing, getting up to basically when he was writing The Hobbit, uh, maybe right after that, but before he had really gotten into the Lord of the Rings. I think it's it's all, I think by 1951, Christopher said that his his father had basically written it out of the story. That's actually mm-hmm. in Morgoth's Ring. He talks about the fact that my father had rejected the story at this point. At least that's right. you know that's Christopher's interpretation of things, and and it does come from an earlier phase of Tolkien's mythology when it was much more Germanic. So it's Mm -hmm. got a very Ragnarok feel to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, it's very much that, that sort of classic pagan end of the world myth. Mm -hmm. And, and frankly, I think as Tolkien got older, he he started to get a little bit more away from that and he tried to, he tried to bring the legendary more in line with, uh, with, you know, with his, his beliefs as an older man. And so I, I think that, that did kind of lead to him sort of distancing himself from it a little bit. I, I have to trust Christopher on whether he completely rejected it. I, I, I seriously doubt that Tolkien completely rejected anything. <sighs> yeah. That's the thing. I, I, he very I, rarely I, did that. Right. Yeah. I, I learned that from Corey Olson. I think he just, he, he never completely got rid of anything. And so maybe he would have come back to it someday. And I wish he would have, because it oh, is such sure. a cool story as we're going to get into.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, um, if, if I could quote Verlin here, so um, sure. Verlin Flieger and I talked about this a little bit at the end of her second episode on the podcast, and she said, um, you know, if if he brought it, I'm going to try to quote her here, I'm not going to do a, a good uh, Verlin Flieger voice, so I won't even try, but if, if he brought it to an end, it would end. And there would be no more, you know, his, his inspiration for this, this idea was the Volspa and the, and, the, and revelations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then she went on to say that um, both talk about a last battle that is going to happen, but not yep. that has already happened. And now right. everything is over um, that would defeat the power of it is, is what she mm. said.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's spot on. And I, and I think um, once again, Dr. Flieger says, you know, in in a few words, what would take us much longer to say. But I think, you know, I, I always feel like Tolkien he really wanted the story to still be going on. You know, you see in some of his letters how he talks about how, oh, well, maybe we're in the seventh age or we're in the sixth age right now. Like he really wanted us to still be in that world. Yeah. And and maybe that was part of it is that, you know, if he if he ended the mythology, then how does that connect? To our world, it loses something because right. because suddenly it's distance from that. Whereas if you yeah. if you if you don't have this in there, then you can still read Lord of the Rings and you could say, well, yeah, this is from the Red Book of Westmarch. This is mm-hmm. a book from thousands of years ago in our world, and, and I think you yeah. probably just wanted to keep that. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. You, you quoted Flieger from when she was on your show. Uh, she also mentioned this in Splintered Light. Uh, she says this: Tolkien wrote that the Legendarium ends with a vision of the end of the world. It's breaking and remaking. And the recovery of the Silmaril and the light before the sun. It would be strange if he had not envisioned such an end. For the mythologies on which he draws most heavily—Judeo-Christian and Norse—both included remaking and renewal in surprisingly similar terms. Hmm. So you know, it's it does make sense that yeah he wouldn't have completely given up on it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
2: And is that? And I think he says something similar in our favorite letter, doesn't he? He actually he does. Says...
0: And Tolkien says in Letter One Thirty-One. This legendarium ends with a vision of the end of the world, its breaking and remaking, and the recovery of the Silmarils and the light before the sun, after a final battle which owes, I suppose, more to the Norse vision of Ragnarok than to anything else, though it is not much like it. Hmm. And the thing is, this is why I don't think he gave that up, because that letter, you realize, letter 131, was written to Milton Waldman in
2: 1951? 1951, which is right around the same time that Christopher thought that he was... giving it up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I think it's at this point a little tricky to, to assume that he, he did. I mean, I'm not going to fault Christopher. The man had a million decisions to make as to what to include and not include. And I, I hold no, grudges against
2: him. Clearly he he had some reason for believing that his father had rejected it. But again, I think, I think the truth is much more complicated than that.
1: Maybe I can explain to you a little bit about how the characters in our story going through this, um, learned of the prophecy, the second prophecy of Mondos. Um, and of course, you know, this is such a rich thing to build a Dungeons and Dragons campaign around. Um, when yeah. we first started, of course, when they were low level, I I wasn't even thinking about <laughs> the last battle. But but as we progressed through this world, it was it was an excuse for me to learn more about the legendarium, and I really delved into the next, going from sort of Middle Earth proper. I really delved into the Book of Lost Tales, um, where when the characters went over to Arasaiya, and then um, and then of course later amon um, what you know but this this text they they discover they didn't learn about the prophecy all in one place they um i broke sort of the you know the there i guess in the uh, 1937 there was the quintus Silmarillion manuscript that um mm-hmm. it didn't obviously make it into the this the finished Silmarillion, but i broke Correct. it into three pieces and i kind of added a fourth piece um and if we could maybe the best place to start with this would be to um, read a little bit of the text though this marks the end of the episode the road goes ever on until next time join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on apple music spotify or really whichever platform you choose